Amen. Who's glad that Pastor and Sister Carnahan's back? <laughs> Amen. Woo. Right? We can all, we're so thankful to have them back in town. And thank you all for bringing some warm weather back with you. <laughs> we appreciate it. It's perfect. <laughs> For the night's uh, lessons over, he's not going to be teaching out of this tonight, but next week we'll continue on in Jesus' name. So there you go. Amen. I really appreciate these devotionals. There's a lot in them, and there's a lot in the, a lot of the materials that I think we have in the uh, the ministry to include Search for Truth, an excellent Bible study. Um, and I'm just learning so much from that, going through it you know, kind of taking my time with that. But I'm thankful to be here. I'm thankful that we can come together in the name of Jesus, you know. And as I was praying in the, the prayer room before service, you know, the thought came to my mind about the, the uh, John chapter 8 with the lady who had uh, been, you know, accused of adultery, and they wanted Jesus to accuse her as well. And just the thought that occurred to me is, you know, when, whenever when we're in his presence, it's just amazing how the accusers have to flee. You know, the accusations flee in Jesus' name. And I believe that, and I pray that, because we're in a world that throws those fiery darts, you know, at us all the time. But in God's presence, we are covered. He's our shelter. He's our refuge. We can absolutely find that strength in him. And that's what I keep going to in my prayer time, in my devotionals. As I read through these, I think about that often, that I'm so thankful that God covers me. You know, I'm so thankful for what he has brought into my life, this great salvation where I can grow in him. I can come to know him in spirit and in truth. And it's an exciting journey. This is awesome. This is a powerful thing that we can experience and partake of in this life. And we know that as we're going to learn more about in the end times, man, there's some things ramping up already that have been in place ongoing, and it's just going to be exciting to see what God does through these teachings. So I'm excited for that. And if you're watching tonight, we absolutely hope you can join us for the end times teaching that starts tomorrow at 7 here in the sanctuary, and we're just excited to be a part of that, to learn the Word of God. And I pray that tonight the, the Word that goes forth today will be mixed with faith in your life. And the Bible tells us that's how this stuff works, you know? It has to be mixed with faith, and that's how you and I can grow and continue in the things of God in our lives. So tonight, I'm thankful that we're, we've been talking about John 6 for, for a few weeks now, and that whole journey you know, and as I'm going through this and I'm being reminded that Jesus, you know, he started out with the thousands, right? Feeding the thousands with just a few fishes and loaves. And then then that, that number just so slowly shrank down to as far as people wanting to follow him. And then we start seeing Jesus really point out to these people that, man, I want you to be following me. I'm, I'm okay feeding you and providing for you, but I have so, so much more for you. I have the supernatural, the divine that I want you to partake of. And through Jesus is the only way we can be led to that. And I just love that. We see that unfold in John chapter 6. And so I find that incredibly amazing. And we're going to pick up in that story um, with Jesus proclaiming that he is the bread of life. He's the one that you and I can partake of and, and 
He can be inside of us. And it's through him, through that process that he has ordained through his word, that you and I can inherit eternal life. That is where he is leading. That's where he wants to lead us to. And so I just see that those who, have, who stuck with him had that in their minds. They got that revealed to them that, man, this is the Messiah, you know, and he's got something that's far greater than anything this world can provide us, anything that this world can advertise to us. He's got it going on. He's got it, and nobody else can give it. He is the absolute source. So tonight, we're going to do a little bit of reading, so I'm hoping to get about four volunteers who are just willing to read the Bible out loud. And I'll tell you exactly what to read. You don't have to worry about that. We got Sister Tammy. Anyone else? Brother Sean. Two more. Brother Wayne and Sister Carnahan. Awesome. So, Sister Tammy, we're going to start in um, John 6, and you can read 25 through 35. Brother Sean, if you could read 36 through 46. Brother Wayne, 47 through 57. And Sister Carnahan, 58 through 69. Yes. Yep. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, we seek you not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat the loaves. Everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him 
because this is not just Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know. How is it that he said, I come down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said to them, murmur not amongst yourselves. No man can come to me except the father which hath sent me draw him. And I will raise him up at the last day. And it is written in the prophets they shall be taught of God, every man, therefore, that hath heard, and hath heard of the Father, of it, me. Verse 46, yeah. It is written in the prophets, and they, okay, verse 46. <laughs> Not that any man hath seen the Father, save he which is of God, he hath
Amen. And thank you, readers, for reading. That was a lot of reading. But I felt like it was also a good review, too, of some of the things we've been talking about as we conclude this section in this particular series of Bible studies. But why do you think it was so difficult for the Jews to believe who Jesus was? In other words, how, why was it so hard for them to believe that he was divine? Why do you think that? Man, excellent. Man, that was great. Wow. That was really good. That was really good. And I'm not surprised because Brother Sean is also going through Search for Truth and go, going through these Bible studies and also doing some of the Ministry Central courses as well. But uh, excellent point because he was there in the flesh right in front of them. You know, And I think sometimes we struggle with that because we see what sometimes we want to see and perceive what we want to perceive, but we do know that the Old Testament was very clear about the suffering servanthood of the Messiah as well, right? And I think that sometimes if we, we just focus on one thing instead of the entire Word of God, we can kind of get on the wrong rabbit trail. So we got to let the entire Word of God speak to us, right? we got to let God show us who He is from Genesis to Revelation, that is why we want to study the Word. That is why we want to dig in the Scriptures. Jesus said, search the Scriptures, right? If we think we have eternal life, they are they which testify of Him. And that's what we find when we are in our Old Testament and, and throughout the Bible, that, man, there's so many Scriptures that testify of Jesus Christ. And I think that that point, you, to your point, Sean, that had they had that overall round uh, view of Jesus from the the Old Testament scripture, they perhaps would have recognized him a little more. But we are also, we got to, we also have to remember that, you know, even though he was standing in front of them as a man, he was also doing a lot of miracles, right? Pretty, pretty awesome things. I mean, in this chapter, he fed the thousands, right? And that was miraculous. They wanted to make him a king because of that thing, right? Of course, for their own purposes, but we just know from that alone, you know, the miracles testified of who he was, of his divine nature, right? And so, um, great point. And uh, so, I think that was that's a good answer. Any other responses to why that is? Jeez, uh, Tammy. Thank you. 
even though they knew it, um, I think they expected when people look like today, when they look on a picture of what Jesus looked like and they see this, you know, Michelangelo or um, Jonathan Rumi on your chosen, and they expect that Jesus is going to look like that. And the scriptures never said that. He, he was not a beautiful man. Mm. He was despised because of the way he looked. That's right. And that's all through the scripture, guys. And, you know, and everybody sees the long hair. And it's pretty specific. Jesus' hair was not long. Mm. That's a great answer. And, you know, the Bible says, yet we had known Christ in the flesh, yet we know him no more like that, right? It's pastor. Amen. Wow. And I think what stuck out to me as I read about this is, you know, and I know we shake our heads at the Jews because they missed it, but we also don't want to miss what God is doing in our lives today, right? Could that, that could happen to us if we were to let our minds and our, our focus go out to the world, for example. You know, and what God does, he's doing all the time. He's doing the miraculous all the time. We hear the praise reports of, of thousands being filled with the Holy Ghost and being baptized in Jesus' name around the planet, right? Every single day, God does not take a, a day off, right? He's always moving and, and transforming lives, and he is in the life-transforming business, right? Amen? And that's what's awesome about Jesus is that he, he will take us where we're at. Right? But we know, because he loves us all, that he also loves us so much that he won't let us stay where we're at. Right? He's leading us. He wants to transform our lives, a life that will reflect him. And we talked about Sunday morning, that life of sanctification has to continually be working in us. Right, The, the, the spirit and the word sanctifieth, that's an ongoing process that happens in our lives if we let that happen. So I think that even though uh, the Jews maybe have had it wrong back in their day, and their, their story's written, as we've read, our story is still being written, right? And so that's the awesome thing, that, man, we can be the men and women of faith in these last times, right? As we continue to grow in the Lord, and we get strong in the Lord and the power of his might, and we start experiencing God in an intimate way, in our prayer lives, and we start staying, we just become hungry and thirsty for his righteousness, right? God can fill us continually, and we can be those vessels God can use to reach many, many souls. You know, whenever he does what he's going to do, we know what's going to happen. You and I just need to stay plugged into that branch, amen? So we know that Jesus showed up on the scene, and one time... Um, he, he 
excuse me, their story, we already talked about that, but who is winning in our lives is the next point I want to address. And I found this to be very interesting through the, uh, uh, this, the study of this midweek Bible study, this devotion, but this little short story I want to read for you, and it goes like this. One wise woman shared a story with someone she was discipling. She said, it feels like Two bulldogs are in me fighting all the time. One of them wants what I want, and the other one wants what God wants. And they constantly fight. Her friend asked her which one wins, and the wise woman replied, the one I feed the most. Right? And isn't that the case, right? Whatever we feed the most in our lives, we know that we have a spiritual man and a natural man. And then as we were reborn into the spiritual world, right, rebirthed, right, in Jesus' name, that we now have this spiritual man that needs to grow and needs to be fed just like our natural man, right? Imagine going for weeks or, or you know, months not eating. And we know, and, you know, obviously we're not talking about fasting here, but just imagine how you would feel trying to go to work the next day having not eaten for a week straight, right? Um, but sometimes we do that to our spiritual man when we're not letting the Word of God nurture our souls, when we're not spending time in prayer and letting God renew us, refresh us, right? And we're not in worship. We're not in fellowship. These are the things that strengthen the inner man, right? And that's what God wants to make stronger and stronger so that that inner man can now see and perceive more of the things of God and can receive more and be more sensitive to God's spirit and be ultimately we want to be led of God's spirit, right? Because he's, he's always got people around us in this community that are seeking, that need what we have, right? We've been there. We've been in that place where we had nothing, right? Where we were lonely or we were struggling in life. We were drowning in our sin, and Jesus rescued us. And that's the simple gospel message that he wants us to share with others. So who is winning in our lives? And it really did, uh, that, that's something you and I have to answer for ourselves, you know. Who is strong? What am I feeding every day, you know? And so that is something we can all improve on, too. That's the exciting news that no matter where we're at in that process, we can grow in that. We can improve. Maybe I haven't been in my word like I, I know I need to be. Maybe I haven't been praying in my prayer closet. But today, I can start that journey, and I can start and make that commitment to God in his name. And that's what I see as I read through John 6, as I see this call to commitment, a greater call, right? And, and, and some were hearing it, but not everybody. Right. And, and the Bible says in Revelation, you know, you know, when the spirit speaks, can we hear it? Ask that over and over. Whoever has an ear, let him hear what the spirit has to say. And I think those who were continuing to follow Jesus in John six were hearing that spiritual call that not everybody else could hear. Right. And so Jesus made it clear that, man, we got to get to at some point, we got to start seeking the spiritual more than the natural. Right. We're always going to have natural needs. But as our faith grows in God, we, we see him meet those needs. Jesus said that in Matthew 6, that he knows what we have need of, right? But he wants us to seek him first. And then when, through that process, our faith grows in God. We become in relationship with God. And that covenant that he has made with us becomes stronger, right? And when I think of covenant, right, it's like an agreement. And that's what God is. He's a covenant God. That's been throughout the whole Bible, 
from the Old and New Testament. God wants to be in covenant with us, right? An agreement with us. And he has made that possible in Jesus' name, and I love that. So every day we will choose to feed one or the other, either what we want, our flesh, or what God wants, our souls. We can choose to feed our soul. We can choose to grow in our relationship with Jesus. We can pray, God, help us to be full of you and your ways that we no longer hunger for the ways of the world. And I think about that because Scripture says in the Old Testament, I believe maybe in Proverbs or possibly Psalms, that, you know, to every to a hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. But when our soul is full, right, a honeycomb, we don't even want anything sweet, right? We're full. We're filled up. We don't want anything else. And I just, if we let God fill us up with the things of God, then we're not going to have that longing for the things of the world. And, and I'm thankful for that, that God wants to do that to, for anybody, right? Anyone who wants to partnership with him in this covenant of grace that we're in, living in today. So what are some other ways we can feed our soul? We talked about a few already, but what are some other ways? Worship, amen. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says that the Father seeketh such to worship him, those who will, will worship him in spirit and in truth, amen. But worship, powerful one, right? I love that. Thank you, Jesus. Any, any other ways? Fellowship, yes, absolutely. We find that in the early church, that's how they were strengthened, that's how they grew, that's how they, the gospel was spread, is that daily they were praying and having fellowship from house to house, right, Sister Sarah? Repentance, absolutely, right, will feed our soul. What a gift repentance is. It's the key that allows us to fall into covenant with God that brings us into this great salvation through baptism in Jesus' name, right, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost, all things that God does and wants to do for all humanity. He's not a respecter of persons. So excellent repentance. Sister. Amen. Amen. And many of you have witnessed that, right? What, a, what God does for us when we share with somebody about who he is and what he's done for us. That, and that's awesome, sister. That is excellent. Our testimony. Jesus said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses, right? In the name of Jesus, we can be his witnesses. That's awesome. So yes, these are ways we can strengthen our soul. I would add fasting, right? Jesus said fasting and prayer, that some things just don't happen except through fasting and prayer. And we have, we have these things, these tools at our disposal every single day, right? So I believe, again, to the hungry and the thirsty soul, God will absolutely fill. That's his word. He has promised it, and we can receive that on a daily basis, and I love that. Isn't that exciting? That's how we get our victory, right? We just let God fill us. And we stay hungry for the word, and all of a sudden, the things of the world just go dimmer and dimmer, as the song says, right? The things of this world just grow dimmer and dimmer. I love that. Amen. So at some point, as Sister Carnahan was reading, we find out that some of those disciples didn't want to follow Jesus anymore, right? Um, so let me ask you this. Why do you think so many disciples left when Jesus said, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you? 
Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. So why do you think that offended so many disciples? I mean, these were disciples. They were followers. Go ahead, Sean. Wow, you make a great point because sometimes when we don't understand, right, we can miss something. But we know God is standing by to give us liberally wisdom and understand. He's he's opened the understanding of his disciples. If you read uh, the Gospel of Luke, the end there in that chapter of Luke 24, Jesus opened their understanding. So he, he can do that for us. And I think if we, again, stick around and not give up when we simply don't understand, but ask God. Lord, show me this. Help me understand this oneness. Help me understand repentance better. Help me understand the gift of the Holy Ghost and its purpose in my life better because it's in your word. And we can just say, well, dismiss it because we don't get it, or we can let God show it to us. And I know I'm among a lot of people here that are choosing continually to let God show them great and mighty things in his word. And it's awesome, right, when God opens our understanding or reveals something, And we have a God who always is revealing things. Again, if we will stay plugged in, if we will not give up and we just don't understand something, Jesus could show us some awesome things. That was an excellent point, Sean. Thank you. Sister Tammy. It sure is. Amen. That's a great point, sister. And I think what I thought of when you were sharing that is that the carnal mind is always enmity with the spiritual mind, right? And the Bible says the carnal mind can't discern the things of God because they are foolishness unto him. And that's why we need God's help. We need his spirit in this day and age to understand what God is doing. Otherwise, we could think of it just what he's saying is in a carnal way or a natural way and totally miss it or just give up on it because we didn't get it. But God wants us to keep asking, right? Keep knocking when you don't get something. When you don't see something the way you, you know you, God wants you to see it, just keep praying through to that, and God will always answer. He will provide the understanding. So what I think about when I read that passage is I think about the promise of the Holy Ghost. I think about Christ in us. The hope of glory, right? When he's talking about partaking and eating of him, right? Putting Jesus inside of us. And we know that is really the foundation of this New Testament is Christ in us, 
right? He, we know he was among us. He's in the Bible. He was with people. But in, the, in this day and age, he wants to reside in us, that abiding presence, that promised spirit that puts the laws inside of our hearts and minds. And that, what, that is what keeps us into that covenant relationship with God, right, in Jesus' name. So I also think about uh, co-laboring with Jesus in this end time age of grace, amen, and mercy. You and I can receive our divine errand, as Brother Mike shared with us Sunday night. Wasn't that powerful? That was amazing, brother. I thought about that after the service, that divine errand. How encouraging that God has that for each and every one of us. And he's got something for us to go, a divine errand from God. What a privilege. So here am I, Lord. Use me in Jesus' name. And so I also think about, a, again, a greater call to commitment. And I think that commitment can then serve as that anchor in our lives, right? When we get all kinds of persuasions and influences that are coming our way from social media, our job, our families even, right? That commitment to Christ, which I see in John 6, keeps us anchored to his word. It keeps us in with him, walking with him and wanting to no matter what happens. And we're, we're heading that way. We're, as we conclude here, we're going to see how this all comes to a head. And I think it's beautiful in Jesus' name. But are there some other hard sayings that Jesus said in his gospel that you feel are hard sayings? Amen. Pick up your cross. Deny yourself, right? And unless we're willing to do that, we can't even follow him. That's powerful, right? And we, you know, hearing that in the natural, we're like, what? What is this? You know? But then God allows us to receive it, right? Maybe not at first. Maybe it was a little hard, but then like, then yet we stick with it. And then all of a sudden we see the beauty of it, right? How God just knows the wisdom of God. Anything else, that's an excellent example. Submit, right? <laughs> Laying things down. And yes, there's, also, there's submission ultimately to God. So when we submit to espouses, submit one to another, right? They're ultimately submitting to God, but also on a spiritual level, in the, the way God has ordained the church, when we submit to the pastor. We're not worshiping our, the man. We're submitting to God's authority, you know, and not in a, in a, uh, not a, in a military way. We're just saying, God, I, I believe that this man is filled with your spirit. You've given him wisdom and guidance, and I see the fruit of, his, of their lives. And so, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for pastors who teach us with knowledge and understanding. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So any other hard sayings? Brother Wayne. That's powerful, brother. And I think Nicodemus is one of those. He was a Pharisee, right? And he came to Jesus by night. And he was a Pharisee. And, 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 you know, but I think of the words of Paul, what he wrote in the gospel, that he said, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. And I think that, I think that Nicodemus may have come to that same understanding in his life, but I don't know for sure. But I know Paul did. And I, I know Paul described himself as a Pharisee of the Pharisees, right? He was taught in the law very well. But he knew that all that knowledge, all them book learnings, all that, right, did not, was not going to get him into eternal life. 
But what he did was let Christ be increased in his life and submitted to that. But yet we see God using his knowledge, right, to reach others and to contend with philosophers of the world, the greatest of the world and and other Pharisees and even leaders and kings, right? So when we submit to God, it's amazing how he can use the gifts he's put in us to reach other people and to be, like someone said tonight, a witness for him. And I think that's the goal of the church, right? We want to just surrender, say, Lord, here am I. Here, use me. And he can take us and he can transform us and he can put some awesome things in us and then show us off to the world, right, to be witnesses for his glory. Amen. Amen. So those are excellent examples of some hard sayings. And maybe you, as you read the Gospels, you're, you're, you're finding some more. But take note of those, right? Take them up and, and take those to prayer. Say, Lord, help me understand this hard saying. Or maybe we're kind of kicking against something that, uh, I just, when I read it, I just sort of read over it real quick because I don't want to you know, deal with it. And uh, that's part of our human nature. But God can help us to receive these things, right? As he told Nicodemus, right, it's that spirit, that new birth, that's going to bring us into a greater understanding and allow us to comprehend his kingdom. And without that, there's no other way, right? So the new birth is the new birth for a reason, right? So um, we can take the things of God. We can yield to God and let him use us, and that's exciting. And I see God using people, and hear it, every one of you, when you worship, right, when you sing, when you pray, right, you are being used by God to do some awesome things. So let's not belittle ourselves and say, well, I'm just not like brother excited as Brother Mike, or I can't sing like Sister Chrissy, right? I can't preach like Pastor. But yet God will use us when we just say, here am I, Lord. Use me. In your, I want to be used in Jesus' name. So we're, as we conclude here, we know that the 12 remained, right? They, were, they had made up their mind that even though all these other disciples left, I'm staying. I'm staying rooted and grounded because I know where Jesus brought me from. I know that he has called me to a higher purpose, right? He is putting me, he, is, he wants to be a, me to be a fisher of men. He's got a greater calling for me in my life. So do you remember what Peter's response to Jesus was when he said, looked at them and said, will you also go away? And this is beautiful. Where would we go? And I love that response because it, it, it encourages me to have that same response. Where am I going to go from this? You know, where am I going to go from this? Right? We experience the presence of God. We get to worship. We get to learn how to worship him. We get to learn about him. And we can receive the promises that we've been maybe reading about or hearing about our whole lives. And maybe we've just heard about God for so long. We've known of God, but we don't really know him. Right. And we don't need to beat ourselves up about that. We don't need we're not saying that in condemnation, but we understand maybe we've all been there to some degree. Well, God has brought us to a place like this where we can come to know him in a powerful way, a passionate way where we're going to follow him no matter who does or doesn't. Right. We know those 12 were not following the crowd. Right. They were following Jesus. And I just believe that as the church, we need to follow Jesus and not the crowd because we know the crowd's heading some other way. They have some other purpose. Right. But we are we belong to Christ and we can we want to follow him because we know where he's going. 
We know where he's going to take us. We know he has promised that I go to prepare a place for you. And where I am, you will be also. And that is exciting in the name of Jesus. So if you want to have the same resolve as Peter and say, where would I go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And I am sure that thou art that Christ, the son of the living God. We must be sure of who Jesus is from his word, amen? And his word is clear that he is the great I am, that he is God, the word made flesh, right? He has brought the divine down to us so you, can, you and I can be partakers of the heavenly gift and we can call upon him and one day we can be with him, amen? So if that's your resolve tonight, just let the Lord know as we close in prayer. Lift up your hands and just let him know. Lord, I want to have that resolve. I want to be fully persuaded in my mind that Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. I know there's a lot of influences in this world today, but Jesus, let your influence be the greatest in my life. Lord, let me never look to the world again for my peace, for my joy, for my answers. Let me look unto you, Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith, the one who went to Calvary for me and paid the price with his own blood. He is the Jesus that you and I can follow. He has the, the keys to eternal life. We need not look for another, but look unto him, for he is God, and he is our comforter, and he is our Savior in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a praise if you're thankful in Jesus' name.